Hey everyone, and welcome back to Millennial Mind. I'm so excited to tell you that I've got a new summer series with a very special guest and one that you all loved when she came on my podcast. Every week, I'm trying to make this podcast better for you, and I only ask for one small, tiny little favor from all of you, which is to press the subscribe or follow button wherever you're watching this. I'm so excited to introduce you to this very special series, so let's get into it. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere and even earn money. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating a podcast today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify, and when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I love engaging with my audience with the Q&A and the polls. And I also love the fact that I can upload my video podcast on Spotify because I know my audience love watching it sometimes when they're traveling on their commute. I highly recommend you give it a try and you can download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com forward slash podcasters to get started. Actually, I, I do talk about this topic all the time, and it's all around the expectations that we have on women when they reach the age of 30. But if I'm honest, it's just around the expectations we have on women overall, because I'm just so bloody fed up of people telling me that I have to be married, I have to buy a house, and I have to have kids ASAP. First of all, I want to stipulate that I am 36. I am very, very... <laughs> I was just going to say, first of all, I've just noticed you have a tattoo. Very nice. Okay, interesting. I have seven. Yeah. What? Yeah, seven tattoos. Okay, sorry. We'll talk about that after. Okay. So, I want to stipulate that I am 36 years old and that I have lived through that pain and anxiety of turning 30 and literally being made to feel that life was going to be over. Yeah. And I think that was really painful for me. And I felt, I think the narrative really started with my parents. So my dad is amazing. He's a gynecologist and he was literally like, Rona, must have a baby before 30. And he was like, or you have to freeze your eggs. And I was like, oh my God, this is a nightmare. And my dad, my dad sort of created this whole thing about, you know, fertility, like very much growing up because obviously being a gynecologist and also having these stories around like women being unable to have children or leaving it too late, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Now, I was in a relationship from 21 till 27. And I was like, cool, I'm sorted, I'm done. I found kind of like my forever. There was all the talk about marriage and stuff. And I was like, this is great. Yeah. And then lo and behold, life happens and he didn't want to marry me. You know, the whole engagement thing was on the cards. And I literally panicked, Shivani. In my mind, I was like, I have three years to find a husband and have kids. And I was like, now, if I calculate this properly, if I meet someone this year, then it'll be a year of relation. I mean, it's so ridiculous and embarrassing to admit mm. this, but this actually had happened. Yeah. And imagine, I didn't even give myself time to grieve the fact that I had lost, you know, oh, one of the family. loves of my life. Yeah. Exactly. You know, because you need that grieving and healing period. And I spent the next three years of my life not even enjoying my life, but worrying about the fact that I was going to be turning 30 and that I was potentially not going to have that life partner and beyond 30 that no one would want to be with me. Mm -hmm. Now, this narrative is just such 
ridiculousness because again I ended up getting into very toxic relationships with narcissistic men and I wasn't looking thinking about anything all I was thinking was are they going to marry me yeah I need to get married and have kids yeah like not even about like the long-term implications of being with that partner anyway then what happened was is I did turn 30 and I was single and I was like so what am I going to do now like roll over and die like what what Mm -hmm. what happens here and the really interesting thing was is life got better life got better because obviously I started pushing myself in my career as you know doctors dentists etc you know we finish university late so by the time I left uni at 23 you know then you got to do NHS year etc mm-hmm. etc you know you don't have long to you know in that period between 20 and 30 like to yeah. sort of like take yourself off the ground so I sort of pushed myself into the entrepreneur space pushed myself with my career and I didn't really feel a deadline for that, to be honest. And I think maybe yeah. that's because I was a professional. So I never had that pressure of like, you know, you have to do this. Because I sort of knew where I wanted to go. And I always knew that I had my job to fall back on. And that, in a way, was my saving grace. Because I always mm-hmm. knew my career was going to carry me forward. Anyway, in my 30s, I just realized that as a woman, you're so much more confident and comfortable. I know you're not there yet. But, you know, as I said, you're my grandma. <laughs> I'm literally like a 50-year-old inside a 20 person's body. But honestly, like, life gets better. And I think it's just really crazy that we're made to believe all of these things that we have to achieve by the time we're 30, and even scarier, that women devalue as they get older. This this narrative is horrific, and I'm so sorry to give you another Friends reference, but do you remember when Rachel turns oh 30 my gosh, she's in Friends? Here again I the... love Friends, just get over it. Yeah, okay. okay. Oh my god, because they're that young in yeah, Friends. But do you remember when she was like, I'm going to turn 30, and she was like, if I want to marry someone by the time I'm 30, then I need to meet somebody like two years in advance, and I want to be engaged for this long, which means I need to meet That's the person I'm with now. Yeah. And then she was like looking at Tag, who was like her childish boyfriend, and she was like, I need to break up with him because he's not my forever person. And again, there's that pressure of, I need to decide if this person is my forever person because I need to get married ASAP. And especially as an Indian girl, you know, one of my most viral videos about stop asking me when I get married. Yes. And I'm just sick and tired of it. And I feel that people are still always asking me, except now it's, can we ask when you get married or are you going to get defensive about it? And people still haven't got the message of, there is so much more to me than when I'm going to get married. Mm. There is going to be so much more to me when I'm married about when I'm going to have kids. And people always say, you know, your career will come. Focus on your relationship now. Focus on your focus on getting married. Don't you? And you know, I just moved out, and I had several people say, "Why have you moved out? Because you're going to get married soon." No, because I moved out because I needed to move out. I wanted to move out. Why do I have to wait till I'm married? Why do I have to go from my house with my parents to then my house with my husband? And why am I actually labelled as being too independent for living out by myself? It was actually said to me that it's not a good look that I'm living in in really? London. Really? Yeah. But explain that to me a little bit because I don't really understand. Well, is, it, is this a cultural thing? It's a cultural thing. And the reason for that is because it's not very typical for women to move out by themselves before they get married. It's not seen as like a good thing because it, you are seen as to be too independent. Mm. And it's meant to be, I think the reasoning behind it, what people think is you're then going to find it really hard to adjust with living with a man. Because when you're at home, you're a bit more controlled. You know, you are kind of in these boundaries with living with your parents. But then when you move out by yourself, you're like free and you have all these decision-making skills. And so that when you move into your house with your husband, you're not going to be obedient. I think that is actually what it is. So tell me, though, did you find it difficult <clears throat> making that decision since you had those like sort of cultural norms that were, you went against yes. the cultural norms? So, you know, I don't know any of my close friends. I have one friend who moved out before she got married and she had to lie about it. She had to actually lie and say her work put her up. It wasn't like a true, it wasn't like I wanted to move out because I wanted to live in London. I wanted to enjoy my life. She had to lie and say her work put her up. Mm. And her family never actually told anyone. Like it was never like a thing. If people asked, it was, oh, her work put her up in town. Mm. And then I have 
I've actually had like loads of diverse friends. So I have like people from so many different backgrounds and all of my cousins, all of my Indian friends, none of them moved out before they got married mm. and lived by themselves. None of them. And it's apart from the ones that like grew up in like Leicester and they had to move to London for their job. It was seen as something you had to do for your job. But because I live an hour outside of London, it seemed to be a waste of money. And also you should look after your parents. And also it's just disrespectful as a girl. If a guy did it, it's a totally different situation. Oh, really? And also, I got asked by every single person within my family, how does your boyfriend feel? What does your boyfriend think of you moving out? And? I was like, he's really bloody happy about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guarantee if it was him moving out, that question wouldn't even be asked. How does Shivani feel about it? They, would, yeah. they wouldn't even care. It's because it's, how does your boyfriend feel? It's that almost level of control of, I have to ask him permission, mm -mm. and I have to ask my parents permission. But I've been telling my parents for a really, really long time that it's something I wanted to do. I think it's ridiculous that we have to stay at home until we're married. I think it's just absolutely barbaric. So it was really funny because after I left university, I moved to Kent because that's where I did my like NHS training and then I lived on my own and then I decided to move back to London because I wanted to save money to buy a house. I wanted to buy a flat on my own. I wanted to do like a kind of investment property situation, but my mum couldn't stand the fact that I moved back home because really? she was very much like, you should be married and not living at home mm. and you should be like, someone should look after you sort of situation. And also my parents were massively against, it's really weirdly, it's like, not weirdly because I'm Middle Eastern, they were really against me living with a boyfriend and I know that we've discussed yeah, that before marriage. Be like um, and my boyfriend is Greek and we'd been we've been together for four years and what he said was is that um he will not marry someone unless he's lived with them a lot of people say so that. he says that he's like I need to know I can live with the person of so course. obviously for me it was a bit of an ultimatum because I'd met him when I was 32 it was kind of like a no-brainer mm -hmm. and I was really hesitant about it because my mum's whole thing was is that if you can't it shouldn't matter whether you can live with them or not because it's like tell death to us part like yeah. completely different yeah but my you know what? Like again that. there was also something about the fact that I was in my 30s and I just wasn't a mature woman to make my own decisions so again that was like that was like the benefit as well of like being in your 30s as a woman now the other thing is is that apart from those pressures like you said like the pressure to buy somewhere and I guess like this is a really open conversation for you and I because mm -hmm. we are slightly different you know age groups generations so, like yeah the millennials like me have tried to invest in property for example I'm also a millennial by the way I thought you were a zillennial which is like the cusp like as in Z and millennial no? I'm a millennial hence a millennial mind where were you born 1993 I thought it was like the 1990 was the cutoff point it is I'm in 1993 I'm a millennial okay fine Anyway, so... you not watch my show? Yeah, like... A uh, millennial mind. Yeah, it's okay, not called oh, a zillennial yeah, mind. Yeah, true, true, true. Okay, fine, fine, fine. <laughs> but the point is, is that you understand, like, the whole... The Gen Z a little bit more Correct. than I do, okay? Now, my, the, the thing is, is that, for example, you know, they've done statistics to show that pretty much no one is going to earn property um, because of, you know, cost of living crisis, the amount that people get paid, etc., etc., etc. So I think it's just an interesting one. Do you think the expectations for people that are, like, slightly younger, do you think they put pressure on themselves to own property? I think everyone does. I they definitely... Do. My, my parents wanted me to get a property when I was 25. Yeah. And I was in a similar situation to you. I was in a relationship for four years when I was, I think, 20 to 24, and then I broke it off. And when I was 25, I was kind of in this phase of, okay, my parents actually in this element, even though they're always constantly telling me to get married, they've always told me I'll find someone else. 
they've always they've always actually reinforced that. So I've never been scared to leave a relationship because they're like, you'll find someone. Don't worry. Like they've been very very good in that way of like boosting my confidence. Sure. And so I've never been worried. You know, my dad always said to me, if you don't like this relationship, leave. Yeah. Do not stay in something. Do not be miserable for the rest of your life because imagine yourself. And this is actually the best piece of advice he said to me. He said, imagine yourself three years from now. Do you want to be in the same situation? Mm. Because when you're unhappy in a relationship and you've said millions of things about how much you hate that person, those things are never going to change, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. right? We're already in our mid-20s. People find it hard to change. And so he always used to say to me, imagine yourself in three years. Imagine yourself in five years. If you're still facing these problems, why are you staying in the relationship? Yeah, yeah. And so I left. And so I was never worried about finding somebody else. However, at that point, I was like, I should buy a property for myself. And then I looked at properties and everything is just so ridiculously expensive. So I decided to actually not do that. And I actually, once I came back from uni, went to go and live in Nottingham for two years. So I'd lived away for uni in Warwick. Then I'd gone to Nottingham for two years. And then I came back and I was ready to move out. And then something unfortunately happened with my family where I wasn't able to. And then I was ready to move again. And then COVID happened. Mm. And then I had to make the decision of, do I quit my job or do I move out? Because I couldn't do both. Mm. And now six months later, I feel like because I'm older and I'm just going to turn 30 now in July, mm. I feel like I'm so much stronger in making that decision mm. and knowing, number one, I'm going to be okay. And two, having that self-belief, mm. which I don't think you have when you're younger. And so at 25, when you break up with your boyfriend and you think, oh my God, I wanted my life planned out. I mean, I always used to say, if you asked me when I was 19, I would say, I want to get married by 25. Yeah, have I'm going to have a kid by 27, another one by 29, and all of them are going to be done by 30. I don't have a I don't have a child. I don't have a husband. I don't know. <coughs> as I developed more self confidence in the things that I was doing, I wanted to invest more time and energy as well into my career, and I think that that gave me more confidence. Like in my twenties, I was a young girl that just didn't really know what she wanted, and I think that in my thirties, I really know what I want, and I think that's really difficult as well because people, the children thing is a really interesting topic, right? So, for example. We are we have pressure because of the biological clock. You know, right. that's a fact. We do know. I froze my eggs when I was 32. I knew that the quality and amount of eggs would be more in my mm -hmm. early 30s than in my later 30s. And that's mm -hmm. been proven time and time again. So I did that. Um, but there's also immense pressure to have kids. But, you know, people forget that it's not just about having kids. For me, massively, it's about having kids with the right person. Oh, 100%. So for me, I would rather not have children. This is a personal thing with somebody that's going to be irresponsible, a bad father affects my child, than, you know, have than not have children. So for me, it's really, really important. So that's why, essentially, it's taken me so long to get to that stage. I never envisaged I'd be 36 and that, you know, I wouldn't have had a kid. But at the end of the day, it took me, a long time to find the right partner. And but that's just said, a fact. You said a key thing there. When you're in your 20s, you don't know what you want. Exactly. And so you follow the norm. The norm is to get married. The norm is to have children. Now you're older, you can make that decision. Do I want to have children? Yeah. Do I want to be married? Is it something that I actually want? A lot of people just go with the flow because that's what they're told to do. And if anyone deviates away from that, people get really uptight. And they ask you to justify it a million times. I just did a podcast with someone who said she doesn't want to have kids. And she doesn't. Re she's married, but she said like, I don't really care about getting married. I got married because my parents told me that I couldn't live with my partner without getting married. So I did it. But did I really want to get married? No. Yeah. She was like, if I'm committed, I'm committed. And there was an uproar in my comments of people saying, you don't understand. There's so much deeper meaning. Now, I do want to get married. That's my personal decision. 
But if somebody doesn't want to... That's their personal decision. That's their personal decision. But totally, but even the conversation with my parents, you know, I'm at an age now where I was like, cool, it's more important for me to ensure that I have a happy, healthy baby. And I know that having a wedding, especially the way that I'd want it, is going to take time away from that energy, anxiety, stress, etc. But my, basically, my parents said they'd disown me if I had a child without my... Like, it was like, it wasn't even, it was like, they disowned me. And my dad was like, is he going to make an honest woman out of you? And I was like, oh my God. this is like horrendous but at the same time I'm like for me it was more important to ensure that I was looking after my stress my biology etc 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 but the funny thing is funny is people always ask me so they're like oh but you want kids are you sure you want kids you actually want it it's almost like they've made this assumption because I'm such a career focused woman and 36 that I don't actually want them but don't you think you've had enough time now to decide if you do whilst when you're younger it's just something that you just do yeah but I think it's also a stupid thing to just assume that a woman that has a career doesn't want kids either Mm -hmm. and I think it's stupid to assume that a woman that wants loads of kids you know what I mean like it's personal choice. Women can be both. They can be a devoted, loving mother and not want a career. That's completely fine. Mm-hmm. They can want a career and not want children. Like, they can want both. I know that I'm going to have to sacrifice. Of course, I can't be of going course. on the, like, level that I want to be going when I do have a child. But I think it's a really difficult thing. Like, it's a difficult thing because it, then it's the expectations. And I just, I don't know where it's come from. Like, I don't know why 30 was like this number where everyone just gets old, apparently. Well, I think it's because our parents' generation had kids by then. And so mm. it's like a precedent that's been set. I'm sure my kids will probably think 40 is a time where you can never have kids after. And obviously, you like you said, there is that biological clock. However, freezing your eggs isn't an easy conversation. And I know your dad is a doctor. Gynae. Gynae. So it's probably a little bit easier to have that conversation. But I do remember... One of my friends told me when I was 28 that I should freeze my eggs. And I was so annoyed. I was, I actually automatically felt like, why have you pigeonholed me into this box and said that I should freeze my eggs? And I was really, really, really offended because in my head, freezing your eggs is something you do at a later stage in your life. And when you don't have a partner, I mean, I've been with my boyfriend for a long time. Mm. And I was really offended. And that's because I'm focused on my podcast. And she said, if you're not going to have kids in the next few years, you should definitely freeze your eggs. And that was an innocent comment. But I got really, really offended. And but why are you triggered? I'll tell you why. It's not an easy conversation to have. But if you look at it from a purely factual point of view, mm-hmm. because I did a lot of research in it, the amount and quality of eggs is better the younger you are. Yeah. It's a biological it's fact. True. And it's not something that we should get triggered by. The way oh that I God. saw it, I tried to treat the whole freezing eggs things as a very scientific sort mm-hmm. of review. My dad has a fertility academy that he's sort of co-founded. I was like, what's where, okay, what's the situation with my eggs? How many do I have? How are my hormones? How's everything looking there? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Let's do this. I actually decided to freeze my eggs and not embryos. So there's a difference in that as well. So for example, embryos are when they're fertilized and then there's eggs. And in the past, egg freezing was less effective than embryo freezing because the fertilized embryo is better. <laughs> and with the defrosting process, essentially it used to damage a lot of the eggs, but now they've changed the whole process of like the freezing, the thawing, etc. Right. So, I decided to do my eggs and not my embryos because I didn't want to put pressure on my partner at the time, even though I think he would have been fine. But also, this was quite an interesting one. This is just me being a bit sassy. So, you know that really famous actress, Sofia Vergara, from Modern Family? Have you seen Modern Family? I have actually seen that. You know the one that's like super Latino, like... So beautiful. Yeah, she's so beautiful and so sassy, right? 
Well, this is a really funny one. So basically, she was, she froze her eggs and then she had a partner which was much younger than her. She froze her embryos. So it was her and this partner. And this guy was like, I think, like five to 10 years younger than her. And when she was 40, this is her last chance basically to get pregnant. And she wanted to use the embryos and he wouldn't let her use it. And they went to court for it because they were no longer together. They went to court for it and he still wouldn't let her use it. So <gasps> I was a bit like, I don't want to get in this legal battle just in case, you oh, know? No. Yeah. But, you know, we don't really talk about egg freezing and Jennifer Aniston speaks about this all the time you know she said i wish someone spoke to me about freezing my eggs correct so that i could actually have a baby right now but she didn't and want it when she was brad do you remember because it's such a taboo it's seen as something that you only do when you're old and i think actually it's something we need to do as like you said a scientific precautionary measure measure because you might break up with someone when you're 30 and you might not be ready to meet someone in the next two years yeah, exactly. to automatically have a baby and to set up your new life with them I think also the other thing is with the whole Jennifer Aniston thing is that she was so sure she didn't want children when she was young, when she was in her 30s, which is completely fine. So you don't know what you want. Yeah, and then you she changed your mind. mind. Exactly. And I think that, so I think also the other thing is, is that you think about the patriarchy and also the way that women have just been conditioned to believe that we just get less attractive as we get older. Like, what is that about? I literally just showed a photo of me when I was 26. Please tell me I've got better. I've literally got like better with age, <laughs> it's you know? It's so true. But I think that is, you know, we're conditioned to get Botox and get fillers and not get grey hair. And it, the second we Maintain do, your body. Everything. There's just so much pressure on women. But we're kind of digressing a little bit because I wanted to talk around specifically the expectation of having a baby and why there is one. And I think we've just identified that we see it through the internet. We see it through social media. We see it through the media. We see it through everyone we know. But the thing is, is that I do think as well that a lot of women in their late 20s and 30s are speaking up very directly about the fact that they don't necessarily want to have a kid and they're, they're actually being very criticized though yeah but they are being criticized and also we've got the other end of the spectrum where there's men saying that it's so hard for them because women don't want to have kids and women are not taking up their feminine role and there's this whole thing about like feminine energy and masculinity and all I'm that stuff that. divine feminine divine masculine masculine like you know and i'm like oh this is like too much but i think again like we can't pigeonhole people you know like people just suddenly decide like we spoke about this before we came on where we were like well, do we come across as having like super masculine energy and I think someone accused me of that online because they were like the business savviness is mas a masculine trait they'd say that about you too so essentially somebody that's like seen to like do well in business to why is that a masculine trait because it's seen as being something that like men do it's meant to, meant to see as like a, a masculine role Right. Yeah, and I'm just like... I don't see it as that. No, I know, but the thing is, is the feminine role is meant to be... Well, this is be what... Be a housewife it, and stay at home and make a cake. A bit yeah. more submissive, essentially. And I think that that's just ridiculous. And I think that it was so funny because, you know, we spoke as well about me getting trolled by all the, the Andrew Tate-like mm -hmm. teenage boys. And they were basically saying that the most mortifying thing in the world was a woman in her mid-30s because this woman is like you know, has had it, she's had a run-through rate, she's not attractive, and that any guy that's with an older woman is going to be so mortified and then, quote, start banging younger chicks. And I was just like, what the hell is this? You know, this is mental. This obsession with people putting their choices onto other people. Why can't we have our own individual choices? If I don't want to have children, doesn't it make me a man? Yeah, totally. And I think also it's so ridiculous for people to say the only thing that makes you a real woman is having children. Like as if that, exactly, as if that defines you. And actually, a lot of people that got married in their early 20s that I went to university with, 
got divorced in yeah, their 30s. Exactly. And nothing again wrong with that because we're all going on our kind of like own life path. But at the same time, I don't, I particularly don't, I don't particularly want to go through that either, you know? So you taking know longer. yourself in your 20s. You actually don't know yourself that much. And look, there are some people who have amazing love stories that meet when they're five years old and they get married and congratulations. <laughs> Who's well, that? Messy, messy, literally messy. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. That works out for him and that is amazing. I'm like very, very happy for people who meet at uni. They stay together forever. But I don't know if you should be with one person for the rest of your life. I don't believe that, actually. So do you believe that... I actually don't believe that you can just... There is just something as one love of your life. Do you believe in soulmates? I think I've had a few soulmates, actually. I don't believe in one either. I think there's multiple. Yeah, there is multiple. And I also think there's different kinds of love. And I think as you get older... Because, again, like talking about childhood traumas and stuff, Mm -hmm. when I broke up the long-term relationship, I started picking men that would basically ignite my childhood trauma because it was familiar. And they weren't healthy relationships. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was love. That wasn't love. That was familiarity. So true. So so different, you know. And that's the thing. And that's that conditioning that you have to try and get rid of. And you're like, no, you're not in love with this person. You are literally going for someone that makes you feel familiar because you're used to this feeling, you know? When you're in a toxic relationship and let's say it's very fiery and really aggressive and you leave that relationship, you feel a bit of relief. But then when you go into a tame, normal relationship and one way you're not shouting, you don't think it's passionate. Yeah. And that is because the level of love you've had is like here, but the level of hate you've had is here. And then when you kind of balance it out, you don't believe it's love because you don't reach that peak. And my friend told me the reason why it's so hard to get into a relationship after you go into a toxic relationship is because you'll never feel that love again, ever. Yeah. But you'll never, ever feel that low again. Yeah. You're more balanced than you're in the middle. But that's harder to accept. People don't like balance. And also safety is not sexy, right? But safety is sexy when you've healed. And I realize that when you heal, we've talked about this with our own partners, feeling safe is actually a great. You're like, you know what? I'm tired, man. I'm happy to go home. Yeah, you stay. I'm happy to feel like completely happy. Now, so the expectations by 30. So we, we agree definitely there's the expectation for marriage, there's yeah. the expectation for kids, there's expectation for buying a house. What do you think, though, with the whole buying a house situation? Like, what is your views? You know, you're approaching 30 now. Mm-hmm. Do you care anymore? Is it something? Do you put the pressure? How has the narrative changed? I definitely used to think that buying a house was the most secure thing in the whole world. But that was before I started this podcast. And then once I started this podcast, I started to think, okay, well, why didn't I invest the money that I was going to put into a house? part of it into this podcast and that's what I have done I've invested it into my own business and for me you know I wasn't able to buy a house in the area that I'm living in London at the moment and I wanted to have this time before I turned 30 to have time for me for me to wake up in the morning and not have to answer to everyone I mean my parents were very relaxed and very chill but this time I've only been living out for two weeks. It's been the best time of my entire life. I can't tell you how great it's been for my productivity, how great it's been for my mental health, how great it's been for creativity and my ideas because I'm just with myself and I feel so much freer. That for me is priceless. And, you know, at the end of the day, I know that it's going to come. I know that one day I'm going to have a house and I'm going to be married and I'm going to have kids. So what's the bloody rush? Yeah. Why do I need to own a house right now? Exactly. I won't be able to buy in the area I'm living in in central London. I'll have to buy outside of London. And I don't want to live there. But I think I'm going to live there when I'm older. I think the question people have to ask themselves is why are they doing it? Is exactly. it to appease people? Is it to get validation from other people? Exactly. Why are we doing it? Why are you also getting married? Is it because you love the person? Is it an exchange of vows? Or is it because you're trying to 
appease other people? And I think these are the questions I keep asking myself as I get older. Why are you doing it? How is it going to service you? Because at the end of the day, it's you, yourself and I. It's not going to be all those other people that are, that are going to be around, no you know. Cares. No one actually cares. And I think, you know, with a child as well, regards to the egg freezing, the best piece of advice that I give you is just look into it. Understand what's going on. Um, one of my business partners, his wife is super pro it because it turned out when she was 33, she had early onset menopause and she had two eggs left. And she didn't know that until she got checked because she couldn't get pregnant. And luckily they took one of the eggs and she did get pregnant and they have one child. But she says, no. if I knew that, I would have just checked before. Just know it's empowerment and then you can make mm, your own decision. That's so that's crazy. So she was 33. Yeah. And the other thing is, is like, you know, there's also people that have spoken very vocally. Dr. Zoe Williams, she's a really good friend of mine. She went on this whole like egg freezing journey and she was considering also having a baby on her own. And then she ended up meeting an incredible partner and had a baby with him, et cetera, et cetera. Her baby's really cute. Yeah. I mean, so cute. So cute. Um, but at the end of the day, it's about having those options. It's about being empowered. And I think though that's the important thing. And, you know, things take time. And, you know, the only time scale and time frame that you need to work with is, you know, yourself. That's the only person you're in the race with. It's so true. Everything we're talking about, people watching and listening to this are going to be like, that's all very well and good. Lovely that you both are so strong and independent and know yourself. But that doesn't apply for me. And I do feel pressure. And I'm feeling pressure to get married. I'm feeling pressure to have children. And I don't know what to do about it. How do they tackle the conversation? People hate this so much and they delay it. But it's all about doing your inner work and healing. Because it's about finding out why you feel the pressure and what you're going to do about it. Because if you if we turned around to people and said, well, actually, okay, you're feeling the pressure. So go and conform to everything that everyone says. That's not going to be the right answer. That's no. not going to be the answer to heal. We're not going to hear be like, hey, this is your you know, this is your whistle-stop tour of how to find a husband. Like, there's, it doesn't work like that, you know, because at the end of the day, the perfect partner for you might be different to someone else. And sometimes you don't want a partner, and that's mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you want to be on your own. Sometimes you want a kid on your own. Sometimes you don't want a kid. Like, again, those answers are for you to find out. So it's about, like, doing that self-work and self-healing and not delaying all of that. If I have one regret in my life, I think it was delaying that. I delayed all the oh. time. I really, really delayed it. I thought to myself, I have no time to heal because I have to go and find a husband and I have to go have a kid and there's no time the healing can wait right. and you know what it ended up just delaying me to the place that I was because you can't really move on because guess what those old patterns keep creeping up and up and up but with regards to career right and I think this is something that perhaps I haven't struggled with because I always had a very clear vision of where I wanted to be mm -hmm. you obviously went from a corporate job into doing what you're doing now but do you think also there's been a time frame regarding the amount you earn and the type of career you're in no but I would only say that because I now work for myself. Mm. When I was in my corporate role, I definitely did feel the pressure of thinking, oh God, I'm now 29, I think, when I left. And I, I, I guess it fueled me to start this podcast because I thought, I'm 29, I'm earning this much. I could earn way more if I worked for myself. So let me just take the risk. And if not, then I'll go back. I think because of my corporate role, if I'd stayed in that, I definitely would have thought I have to buy a house because I would have thought that I need to be earning enough to make it to make sure I've got a house. I think because I started my own business, I've kind of given myself a bit of grace. But I definitely think when I was in my corporate role, I felt a lot more pressure to hit a certain milestone when I, by the time I was 30. And I've actually always been someone who said, I don't want any help and I want to do it all myself. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes that's a bit of a detriment. But also, it's funny, right? Because the goalposts change. Like I know all some people 
that literally earn like exponential amounts of money under 30, but it's still not enough to them because the goalpost has changed. Money is always never going to be enough. Yeah. Like if, if I told if I told you, like if, so, if I, someone told me a year ago, Shivani, you'd be living in central London, mm. you'd be earning this amount doing your podcast, I'd think you're living on another planet. Mm. But now I'm like, oh no, I'm not earning enough, I need to do more. Yeah. Where can I push myself to more? And we're always, always going to be doing that because with money, it's a number. Yeah. And you're always going to want to chase the number. Do you think that you can have it all by the time you're in your 30s? No. I don't think you should. How sad if you have it all by the time you're in your 30s? Yeah. Probably you have the rest depression. 50 years of your life. Yeah. I love the fact that my journey is so up and down. Mm. I genuinely really love that. And talking about validation, I think we both, obviously, being on Instagram and being on TikTok and being on these social media platforms, it is up and down for us, right? One day it can be great, the next day it can be whatever, stagnant. At the moment, Instagram is just a bit dead. Mm. But I feel that I love it sometimes and I never hide my likes and follow account anymore or anything like whatever it's called because I know that one day it's going to go up. And what a great story to tell. My podcast grew so quickly in six months and everyone thought it grew in six months. They forgot the two and a half years of work. Mm. But sometimes I'm like, I wish it was five years because sometimes saying like, oh, I was hustling for two years doesn't sound enough. You know, I was saying today earlier to Payman, right? So, you know, as you know, I do my mental health series. Yeah. I was saying to Payman that it's really important to know when to, to walk away. Yes. In life. And he said to me, well, I disagree because people say it's often the persistence and resilience and not giving up. And I said, well, I said, it's a balance, right? Because have you read The Lean Startup? No. It's a great book. I've got a few. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. So basically it's about startups and one of the most important lessons learned is pivoting. Mm, I agree. Pivoting is being like, this hasn't been working for a while, so I'm going to change the direction and trajectory of what I'm doing. And I think it's really important because it's not necessarily about giving up, but it's been like, well, this isn't working. So we're going to change the course of direction and see if that works and that works and that works. And I think if you pivot enough times and it's still not working, that's maybe when you should be like, this is time to walk away. You always have to be evolving. Look, I've started my podcast. It was a long form. I did that for two and a half years. And then I was like, what can I do that's different? Okay, let us have this conversation. Yeah. Okay, let's make it a little bit more casual. Let's make it a little bit different. Two girls talking around a topic and we've got differing opinions, but it's a consistent thing that people can watch. Okay, now on Sundays, let me talk directly to the camera. That's me pivoting. Yeah. That's me exploring different ways of growing my podcast because what grew my podcast from... 4,000 followers to 120,000 followers is not what's going to grow it from 120,000 followers to a million followers. It's just not going to happen. The same thing, if you do it repetitively, is not going to make you grow. What do you know the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again. And expecting a different outcome. There we go. I think the summary is for anyone that is struggling at home is to recognize that the most important thing is what you want. It's not Mm -hmm. what everyone else wants. And it's about doing the work to find out what you want. And sometimes that takes a really long time. But the earlier you do it, the more beneficial it's going to be. So what does that look like to you? It looks like finding out the kind of partner that you really want to be with. Do they have the same interests as you? Do they have the same hobbies? How do they treat you? Do they make you feel valued? Do your values align with them? Mm -hmm. And don't worry if that takes time to find that right person and don't have the pressure overhanging that you've just got to meet someone and marry them just for the sake of it and just because they want to marry you. Understand as well whether you want to have children, etc. Do that self-discovery work in your 20s, not the pressure of conforming to society. That's what I'd say. And also just value yourself. Put the time. Put the value on yourself and understand what do I truly want. You have one life and if you just conform and just take the path that everyone else has taken, you're not going to be happy. And what is the point of wasting your life 
feeling unhappy. And once you're strong in yourself, you'll be able to convey that message articulately to the people who will care about you. So for example, when my parents now say, why did you want to move out? Or if someone says to me, why did you want to move out? Do you want to get married? I don't respond in a reactive way. I'm not like, how come you said I can only move out until I get married? How come you're only placing my value on a man? Because I'm so sure of myself. I'm very much like, it's something I really wanted to do. I'm incredibly happy and I'm proud of myself for doing it because I'm sure of myself. Whilst before, my reaction was very, very, very reactive. But also the thing is, is that you've done enough work to be sure of yourself, Correct. which is what I keep saying. And also what people's views and opinions are, are a projection of how they are feeling. So, so when they're saying, Shivani, you shouldn't move out. Shivani, why did you do this? Why that? They are projecting their own insecurities on you. But once you understand that people's reactions are a direct correlation to the way that they're feeling, not towards you, Correct. you can be like, that's cool. You've not done the work. It's also their you know? norm, you know? Yeah. Like, no, none of the women in my family ever moved out before they got married. Yeah. So, of course, they're going to think I'm strange yeah. wanting to do that. Of course, they think it's bizarre that I've taken this decision. They always ask me, aren't you lonely? And I'm like, I'm so happy. I'm so happy by myself. But people who aren't perhaps happy by themselves find it strange. Do you know what I mean? Totally. So, you find things weird that are not normal to you. Yeah. But there's things that are normal to me that aren't normal to you. Totally. We all have different opinions. We all have different experiences. And it's just so important to figure out what is right for you. Not what your mum thinks of you. Not what your friend thinks of you. Not what we're saying in this podcast. Yeah. You may not want to move out. You may want to live with your parents for the rest of your life because that makes you happy. Then do it. Yeah. Or you may want to live with your partner. Or you may only want to move out when you get married because that's something for you. Then do it. I wouldn't live with my boyfriend before I got married. But that's my personal opinion. Yeah. And people may think that's crazy, but I'm a bit traditional like that. Yeah. Considering all my other opinions, I actually only want to do that. But that's my decision. I'm never going to judge someone else for yeah. doing it. I also totally understand the opposite side as well. But I'm very aware it's my conditioning. Yeah. And I would feel an immense level of guilt if I did it. Yeah. And so I just, I'm like, it's okay, I won't do it. Yeah. But I'm aware it's my conditioning. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? And you have that awareness around it. Of and you course. Can make that decision. Nope, totally understand. And I just love the fact that you live 10 minutes away from me now. So can what I just you? add that? Okay, Rona, tell me the top tip top takeaway for today top takeaway is you do you babes you, you do, do you Hans put the work in and do yeah. what feels right for you and don't care about the number 30 is a number and the best thing I can tell you is life gets better after 30 I actually agree my life has got better after 29 but I'm gonna be 30 in July and I'm she 30 what's the thing something and thriving still a child okay fine bye <laughs> what is it 30 what and thriving I don't know 30 flirty thriving? Uh, 30, uh, dirty 30, that's what they call it. Dirty 30? Oh, God. That yeah. doesn't sound very good. Whatever. Yeah. In July, I'll be 30 and thriving. Yes. Here's to our thriving 30s. You don't drink, otherwise we could have cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>